Acts 18, 24 through 19, verse 7. These are God's words. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So, so far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So we see in this passage that baptism describes to us a work that God does in a man to bring him to faith in Jesus Christ and uh, a work that the triune God does as he has named himself in baptism. Uh, and marvelously, you don't have to know uh, everything about the triune God in order for the triune God uh, to work on you and to save you. Uh, you see, uh, Apollos was uh, raised up by God uh, in order to uh, be a servant and useful in his church. Uh, we see in verse 27, he greatly helped. One of the reasons that he was able to greatly help is uh, the place that God had make, made him to be born, Alexandria in Egypt, a place of great learning, a place with an ancient and great library. Not just the place where he was born, but the uh, character and ability uh, that he was an eloquent man. Uh, he had skill in thinking and speaking. And also his experiences, his exposure. He was uh, taught the Bible and had much opportunity to read the Bible and was mighty in the scriptures. Uh, and not only that, but having read much in the scriptures, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. Now, uh, ordinarily, when it just says Lord in the uh, New Testament, uh, it often refers, or ordinarily refers, especially to Jesus. And so he had had instruction about who Jesus is. And something that comes only by grace, he was fervent in spirit. 
So this fervency in spirit means that God, the Holy Spirit, had made him alive and brought him not just to speak accurately the things about Jesus, but to trust in the Jesus whom he accurately knew uh, and spoke about. And so he, verse 25, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. And so he's speaking only, uh, he's or he's speaking accurately the truth about Jesus. Jesus is God who has come to earth to save us um, uh, from our sin, and we must repent. Uh, and yet he knew only the baptism of John. He knew only a baptism of repentance. He knew only a baptism that said, we have to stop doing our former works, and we have to start doing things, uh, doing works that are in keeping with repentance. Uh, and we do these things because Jesus is uh, our God. He isn't um, Jesus is the Lord. He isn't uh, quite there yet as far as the place of faith and the uh, place uh, of and the truth of the triune God. So you notice the difference in verse 25. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. But when Aquila and Priscilla pull him aside in verse 26, they explain to him the way of God more accurately. Uh, that is to say, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, how do we know? Well, Paul has an encounter with those who had been instructed by Apollos uh, and whom Apollos apparently didn't have time uh, to correct or improve his instruction to them before he went to Corinth. Uh, so at the end of chapter 18, notice that he uh, he, re he receives the instruction from Aquila and Priscilla in verse 26, and then he crosses into Achaia. Uh, Achaia is where Corinth is, Macedonia is where Ephesus is. Uh, the brethren write to the disciples to receive him, and he, helped, he greatly helps those who are in Achaia, those who are in Corinth, having been better instructed. Uh, but now he's moved on to Corinth, and Paul arrives in Ephesus. And he finds some disciples. Uh, they're calling themselves followers of Jesus. <coughs> and they're followers of Jesus in that they believe Jesus is God and they worship Jesus as God. And they have repented from their sins to serve Jesus as God. That's all good and well. But apparently they're trying to do so in their own strength. Because the apostle asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they don't even know that there's a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is the one who gives us life and faith, <coughs> who helps us to trust in Jesus when we're doubting, who helps us to understand all the things that Jesus teaches, who helps us to keep all that Jesus has commanded, the Holy Spirit by whom Jesus is with us always, even to the end of the age. So not only is the Holy Spirit named as God in Christian baptism, baptize them in the name singular of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to give us faith, to make us disciples, to teach us, to, to help our minds so that we understand the scriptures, to move us so that we will keep all that he has commanded and to minister to us the presence of the Lord Jesus, that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. It's all about the Holy Spirit. 
The Christian life is lived by the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us. And that's one of the main things that baptism teaches. And so Paul meets these people who know that Jesus is God and know that they have to turn from their sin and live righteously according to God's law for Jesus' sake, who is their God. And yet they don't know the help and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to them, even ministering to them the presence and fellowship and life of the Lord Jesus himself. And so he has a question to these men who are living as if uh, the Christian life is just um, mastering theology and mastering obedience. So did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they say to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And since baptism is all about Christ's pouring out his Spirit, it's not the water that helps us in baptism. It's the Spirit. And you don't even have to know that it's the Spirit because he doesn't need your help. He's not dependent upon your understanding or your faith. He had made Apollos fervent in spirit before Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and explained to him more accurately the way of God, which is to say, explained to him more accurately what had actually happened to him already. And so uh, they're not having heard that there is a Holy Spirit. He says, into what then were you baptized? Jesus says, you baptized with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Um, You've had water poured on you, but you have missed the main thing about the pouring of the water, which is the pouring of the Spirit. So he says, into what then were you baptized? They say, into John's baptism. And verse 4 gives us the aha moment. Okay. So they received baptism. They think that they're a church, but uh, they have received John's baptism that says you need to repent. Not Christian baptism, which says Jesus gives repentance by the pouring out of his Holy Spirit. Jesus washes us with his blood as the Holy Spirit unites us to him. And so Paul says, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. So John gives a baptism that says you need to repent. But he tells them there's coming one who will give you repentance. He will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. So John poured water and said, you have to repent. But he also said, there's one coming after me who will pour not water, but he'll pour his Spirit. And you will be able to repent. Trust in him. Believe on him. And when you receive Christian baptism, the the pouring of the water, it displays that Jesus is the one who gives repentance. Jesus is the one who gives faith. Jesus gives his spirit because Jesus gave his blood. And when he gives his spirit, his spirit works faith in you and you are washed with his blood. Jesus did it all. Right? Not just Jesus paid it all. Jesus does it all and did it all and will do it all. When they hear this, they are baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Imagine, knowing that Jesus is God, knowing that you have to be perfectly righteous, trying and failing miserably, and someone comes and tells you, 
about sovereign grace and the gift of the Holy Spirit who gives you not just the fellowship of himself, but the life of Jesus to be in you. Imagine the joy of hearing those things. They hear this, they're baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And what is the name of the Lord Jesus into which they're baptized? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's the same name. It's the same being. They're baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Probably won't say this in the sermon, but they weren't immersed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them. Paul had poured the water. Jesus poured the Spirit. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And what a wonderful sign to them. You know, they had not had experience of the church before. Apparently, they're not connected with the church that Paul established in Ephesus very rapidly on his way to Jerusalem previously. But there are enough of them for a new congregation in Ephesus. There are enough of them for a new congregation in Ephesus. Twelve men was what it took uh, for a synagogue. Now, the men were about twelve in all, verse 7. And so there is kind of a little mini Pentecost here, uh, the establishing of a church by the pouring out of the Spirit. Uh, And they're immediately speaking in tongues and prophesying would have been to them uh, such an encouragement that repentance is possible that repentance is possible by the grace and the power and the salvation of Jesus Christ by his Spirit. Uh, Just as in the original Pentecost, brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, you and your children, for the remission of your sins. Uh, Again, here, repent and be baptized. Repent and receive the pouring of the water that shows you that it is Christ who gives you repentance. And have your children receive the pouring of the water that shows that it is Christ who will give them repentance. Uh, and so you have kind of Pentecost in the Northwest. Maybe we'll change that, uh, change the title of the sermon to Mini Pentecost in the Northwest. Praise God. My dear family, it is impossible to obey Jesus as God in our strength. But your baptism tells you that Jesus gives you his strength by his spirit. And just as John told those whom he was commanding to repent, you're to believe on him who was to come. That is, upon Christ Jesus. Live by faith in him. Be assured of his, that he is real and that he really helps sinners and that he really is saving them. Uh, his completing the work by his spirit is as sure in the presence and present and the future as his dying on the cross and rising again from the dead is sure in the past. Uh, and baptism communicates to us union with him in all of those things. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have given us the Son to be our Savior and the Spirit to be our helper and baptism to affirm all of these things about you, our triune God. And we pray that you would not allow us to live uh, in such a way as to make someone wonder if we have received the Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would make us to live in such a way as shows that we are not just trying to repent, but believing on him who was to come by the help of your Spirit. 
And so keep helping us by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.